Praise the Lord. Thank you, sister. Thank you. What was it you said to me? The spirit, the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. <laughs> we had an awesome time together this weekend. And um, the spirit of God is just sweet, 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 sweet. And um, he's touched me so much. enough but I want to challenge church to really be committed to everything that's on that wall committed to that word committed means so much and I, God just let me get through the song <laughs> and I think I'll be alright but um, I just hope it blesses you like it has me Go ahead and uh, track two, please. Oh. Yeah, y'all can sit. I'm sorry. Just in case. And if I break down, just praise his name because he deserves it. She stumbles through the tears that made her blind. She felt such pain. Some spoke in anger, heard folks whisper, there's no place here for her kind. Still on she came through the shame that flushed her face. Until at last, she knelt before his feet. And though she spoke no words, everything she said was heard. As she poured her love for the master from her box of alabaster. And I've come to 
Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair. You weren't there the night he found me. You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his love all around me. Don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster I can't forget the way life used to be. I was a prisoner to the sin that had me bound. And I spent my days, I poured my life without measure into a little treasure box I thought I'd found. Until the day when Jesus came to me and healed my soul with the wonder of his touch. So now my tears and dry them with my hair, my hair. You were in there the night Jesus found me. You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me. And you don't know the cost of the oil. the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. You can turn the lights on. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm not going to sing. I, 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 can't, I can't do the, you know, whatever. Glory to God. I can barely talk. But this morning we have a special guest speaker today. Hallelujah. And I just want you to put your hands together for Pastor Luis Vasquez as he comes forward to share the word of the Lord with us.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is God good or what? You can be seated. You can be seated, please. After this song, I don't even know uh, what to say or where to start. Mary, so you have blessed my life like you have no idea. Wow. And I know that it's, it's not us, it's not the person. It's, it's the words that says on that song. And if you've been forgiven, you must be known what I'm talking about. Yeah. Amen. How many forgiven do we have in the house today? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I wanted to tell you before I, I start preaching um, that sometimes we need to stop and take time to see what God is doing in our lives. And it's in these small things that God uh, show you how much he loves you. This week has been real crazy for me. Um, when I preach, I like to give my best, and I noticed that I was being behind. And there were so many other things to do, and God told me, I am in control. And I'm telling God, yes, you are in control, but I'm the one that has to preach. And I have to preach in English. It's, it's not easy for me. And then Tatiana showed up on Thursday when I finally sit down to prepare my preaching, and she says, surprise with the kids. And I say, praise God. Um, it's amazing what those little ones can do to you. And... And I kept doing things that I had to do. Thank you, Brother Robert. Thank you. And I noticed that in every single detail, God was there. Um, to make a long story short, I had my mama send me avocados from Puerto Rico, and I'm tired of eating rice with avocado. I said, I just wish that I can eat something else. And God sent someone to my house to eat, um, uh, I think it's called cutfish with green, with green um, bananas. And I was able to eat a whole avocado with that too. So in the small things, all I have to do is say, Lord, I want something else and God provide. And for the last six years that I was pastoring in Melbourne, every time before I preach, somebody sings a song. The last time I, I preached, I didn't know anyone, so I invited Tatiana to sing. I said, somebody needs to sing. And I said, Lord, I can believe out of so many people, and I can't even find one person that sings. And even on that, God, God showed me how much he loves me. How he is in control. Well, so I was amazed. I don't know if it was the son or what it was, but God is something else. God is awesome. And God is paying attention to the small details. Sometimes you're so involved with the big ones that you're letting go of all those small ones. So pay attention to God because he, he wants to bless you. So let me breathe this in and see what, what I can start. <laughs> Baby, come, come by here so you, so you can read uh, something for me. My wife is going to, oh, praise God, yes. So today I have, a, I have a word that is, I have 20 pages of that I'm going to preach. So I, I usually, <laughs> I love you, Pastor. You're something else. So at least somebody's excited in the house. Thank you, Jesus. But before I, I started to preach, I wanted to tell you that um, uh, God worked in, in, in mysterious way. And last Sunday, we have someone that, uh, that was preaching, and he was talking we said that we are committed to loving God, growing together, reaching others, and, and serving. But also, Pastor Robert always says, in behalf of the bishop and Pastor Elaine Quinones, we welcome every one of you to freedom of fellowship when we reach the lost and raise the living. And God sent someone last week to tell you about how to reach the lost. Today, God is going to tell you how to raise the living. Amen. And if you're living, this word is for you. Woo! Amen. Praise God. So we're going to be reading from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. And my wife will be reading. Thank you, baby. 
Before Second she read, Kings, chapter two. Bishop, thank you for this opportunity. This is a blessing to my life. Thank you. <laughs> Verses one through ten. Amen. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Church, say Gilgal. Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, "Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel." Church, say Bethel. But Elijah said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elijah and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elijah said, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. Church, say Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jordan. Church, say Jordan. Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah replied. You have asked a difficult thing. Thank you. Let's pray. I'm going to pray in Spanish like always. My wife is going to translate. Señor, te doy gracias Father, por I give este you día. thanks for this day. Gracias por esta oportunidad Thank que you for this opportunity that you give to me. De presentar tu palabra a un pueblo que está listo para escuchar. To a people that is ready to Señor, listen. Señor, te pido que yo no le añade ni le quite Father, I ask that I don't add or take away from what casa. you have for this home. Pero te pido que te glorifiques. But I ask you to glorify yourself en cada una de nuestras vidas. in each one of our lives. Que nos enseñe que tenemos que expandir. That you may teach us that we must expand. Tenemos que estirarnos a ir más allá. That we must stretch to go further. De lo que estamos acostumbrados. Of what we're used to. Señor, Father, touch each heart today from the adult to the most youngest one here but that we not leave this home in the same way we entered that we may leave here full of you believing more in you, Lord and understanding that you have a plan that you will fulfill in each one of our lives. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, in, amen. If that is for God, give him a better one. Yeah. Woo! Yes. In Spanish, in Spanish, we say that God está pasado. Dios está pasado. How do you say that? I think it's God. You're it's just awesome. He's beyond awesome. He's too much. He's, He's it? what? Oh, okay. He's too much. It sounds amen. better in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> he is too much, but um. What, what I'm going to talk about today is about a transfer. There's, there's a transfer happening in this story. I'm going to be talking about maybe 16 chapters. And even though that is a lot, I'm going to try it. And I will promise you that we will finish before 5. So hang on tight. <laughs> so sit there tight. Mike is looking at me like, is it for real? 
los han optado ahora, I'm gonna try to do it. Honestly, I'm gonna try to do it in 45 minutes the most. And if I hit 45 minutes, baby, let me know that 45 minutes are up. So I can tell you that that was my introduction. <laughs> but um, but in, in this in this chapter, there's a transfer. It's not a transfer from one ministry to another ministry. It's uh, it's not that someone is finishing and somebody's gonna start. It's a, a transfer from one generation to another generation. I want you to understand today. I want you to put, it's like playing chess. I want, I, I God wants you to put you in check. So you can look at yourself. Today, you know, usually when, when I listen to Bishop, I usually say, man, if this person would have been here. I wish that this one was here. But today, don't worry about anybody. What about yourself? Amen. Just say, I'm glad that I'm here today. Amen. Because this is for you. So don't look at the, to the left, don't look to the right. This word is for you. Can we say Amen. So we're talking about Elijah and Elisha, and a lot of people have heard these stories for years and years. I have preached about these, these people for, forever, but today I, I learned something else, and it's a blessing because I learned something first, and now I'm able to, to present it to you because for, for the title, I, I have like 20 titles, but the best one that applied to this was, let's go farther. Let's, let's stretch a little bit farther because honestly, we are too comfortable in the Lord's house. And if you didn't hear that, I'm going to say it again. You are too comfortable in the Lord's house. Hallelujah! And if you didn't bring any amens, I brought my own. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Man, is God good or what? So why can I tell you about Elijah? He, he loved fire. He used to call him the prophet of fire. He, was, he had jealous for the Lord's house. He had anointing. He had a strong word. But uh, he also confronted the idolatrous spirit that he was in Israel. There was a doll of idolatry, and he was the one that was confronting it. But, uh, but also, I wanted to tell you something, and maybe something that it sounds strong for you today, but, but God told him to do something, and he failed God because he didn't do what God told him to do. So I want to take advantage to tell you that I'm pretty sure that God told you to do something too. And I'm pretty sure that you haven't finished doing what God told you to do. And in this story, because this one didn't finish, he said, let me put you to the side. I'm not going to put someone that's going to finish it. So I wanted to tell you today that if you're not able to finish what God wants you to finish, he's going to take you out, and he's going to put somebody else. I'm not easy today, so if I heard you, I'm sorry, but I'm not easy today. That's what I brought my own amen. It's like, hallelujahs. Thank you, Jesus. So he felt God. By, by order of God, he was sent to Achab. Achab was a, a king in Samaria in Israel. Um, he was a bad, bad king. His wife was Jezebel. Jezebel was a bad woman. He was worshiping bad gods, and she, she was bad. She was really, really bad. But the thing is that he told him, go to, to Achab, and, and I'm going to do, we, they were, wanted to do a challenge to see who has a true God. And even since we were kids, we saw this at church. We learned it in children's church. And then the, pe the, the one that were worshiping, there was two gods. One was Baal, and the other one was Aseda. Baal was the male God, and Asera was the female God. Baal has 450 prophets that were following him. And Asera has 400. That's a total of 850 people. So he tells them, I want you to go and get rid of the whole 850 people. And he said, okay, but they wanted to prove who, who has a true God. So the one that was worshiping all these bad gods, not true gods, he said, well, you go first. And they were going to do a a sacrifice 
and they put the animal, they put wood, they put so many things, and he told them, you guys go first, call your God. And the Bible says that they were calling God and calling their God, and it was so bad, church, that they were cutting themselves. They were doing so many things, and Elijah was cracking up over here. <laughs> he said, maybe he's occupied. Maybe he's doing something else. Maybe he's there. He can hear you, and he's cracking up. And time went by, and they didn't even hear a voice from, the, from their God. And then Elijah, Elijah's turn came up, and he said, well, now put the, the, the first thing that he said is, I need to put my altar in order. I need to fix it up. And when he said, I'm going to put my altar in order, he said, let's put, make a drench, like a, a drench because water was going to go in there. He said, let's put the wood, let's put the animal, cut him in pieces. And he said, now get four jars full of water and pour all this water over the sacrifice. He said, I'm going to tell you more, do it three times. So that's all of that, four than three is 12. 12 jars of water, and you're expecting fire to consume all this. And the Bible says that he only said it when he said, God of Abraham and Jacob, show them that you are the true God. And the Bible said that fire came from heaven and burned everything, and nothing was left, not even the water. But there's something to learn here, that if, if you want to see fire from God coming, the first thing you have to do is to put your altar in order. And I know that's... That for some people, it, it might be one by your head, but the altar was the only place that you used to go and leave something, the place that you go to die, because there was a sacrifice. But the patriarchs, patriarchs, they were using the altar to worship God. And I don't know why you're using the altar today. And I praise for, for Pastor Marisol. I praise God for you because she said, God, I, I present the whole church today. And in her prayer today before service, I leave the altar for the entire church. So you were already, God was already preparing the atmosphere, telling you that, hey, this altar is for you. All depends what you wanted to do with this altar. You can come here either to die or not literally. You're not going to kill yourself. I hope not. <laughs> but but to, to, to leave something from the flesh, to leave something right here. And when you go back to the, your seat and you're going back home, don't go back here and pick it up. You leave it right here in the altar. Leave it right here. It's a place that you come to leave something and die. So if you want to see fire from God, you need to put your altar in order. Can somebody say amen? amen. So then he tells, he, tells them, he tells them, you have the true God. Everybody started saying, hey, hallelujah, glory to God. They were like cheerleaders worshiping the true God because fire came from heaven. Um, the thing is that only 450 of them show up. And God told them, I want you to destroy 850, not only half of them. But then Elijah, he took them to to the to the Sison uh, River, and he went over there, and he took them all, and he had a special anointing. It was an anointing of cutting heads. <laughs> he cut 450 people head up. He killed them all. But then Jezebel, which he was Acap's wife, Jezebel was so bad that when she was worshiping these these fake gods. The Azera guy, which he was a female, she used to carry, they used to make statues at the church. And one of them, in one hand, she used to have uh, flowers to symbolize how, how cute she was, how uh, <laughs> coqueta. Because it, it, was, it was the goddess of fertility. Baal was, was the, the god that was ruling at that time, but she was representing fertility. 
So she had a snake in the other hand representing fertility. And in the altar, you know what they were doing? And I didn't want to say this word, but I'm going to have to say it. The freaky dicky. <laughs> they were doing the freaky dicky in the altar. It was so bad that men and women were being prostitutes. They were prostituting themselves just for this guy. So imagine all the crazy things that this woman was doing. So this woman was, was so bad, so bad. And the thing is that because Elijah went and killed this only 450, she sent them a message. He said, Elijah, the same thing, the very same thing that you did to them, we are going to do it to you tomorrow. And you know what he did? He started running and went into a cave. He was hiding. The, the prophet of fire, now he's hiding in, in a cave. But let me tell you something. The first thing that guy he said, told him, he said, Elijah, where are you? We talk about this on, on Wednesday. It's not that God didn't know where he was. He was saying is, I left you in charge. I left you in control. I left you in dominion. And where are you now? You are hiding in a cave. And it sounds really good because it's Elijah. But what about you? How long have you been hiding? How long have you been in the cave? Where's that fire that's in you? Do you want me to really keep going? Because I saw, I saw Marisol's fire today, but where's yours? Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. What is your, and, and you know what the first thing that Elijah said when God went and talked to me? He said, but, Elijah, but God, I'm sorry. I'm the only one left. And I'm going through all this. And the Bible said that there was 700 more. Because in your worst moment, you think that you're the only one going through those trials. If there's someone that knows what I'm talking about, we think that we are the only one, God. You want God to feel, don't feel sorry for yourself. God has a plan for you, whether you do it or not. He's going to use you or he's going to use somebody else. And how many want to be used by God? Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so in this story, I just, I just want you to know that, um, that this Jezebel, really wanted to kill him. He really wanted to destroy him. And at this point, he's running away, and God is talking to him, and he said, you know what? You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not doing what you were supposed to do, so I'm going to have to use somebody else to finish it. And then Jehovah God says to him, what are you doing here? What are you doing with the fire? And, and he said, and I don't want you to, to pay attention to this right now because this is pretty much the introduction. This is what I'm going to start preaching right now. And I ask the Holy Spirit to help me out be because, because when this uh, transfer that, that finished, this transfer that failed God, God is one, it's not a person, remember. He wants a generation that do the things right. And today I want you to, I'm going to use this to side because we have a, a, an aisle in the center. So you need to see if you want to be, if you're going to be in the generation that are going to do things right, or you're going to be in the generation that didn't do what God told them to do. And I even want to use that, this one as a good one because Bishop always is there. <laughs> so on which side do you want to be? Do you want to be this generation that's going to finish what God told them to do? Or are you going to continue being that, that generation that never did what God told them to do? Because that old generation... And Jezebel, the meaning of Jezebel is religion. And that old generation was so involved in religion that they didn't know what the power of God was. They knew religion, but they didn't know what the power of God was. And let me tell you, I had a grandmother that I say, and I don't know. This is something that I just say. I say that today I'm saved and I'm serving the Lord 
because of my grandmother was always praying for me. She was an awesome woman of God. She was so, so, she loved God so much, but she had so much religion that she thought that by letting her, her hair in her legs grow, that was holiness. That she couldn't use if wash or anything because she wanted to be holy. No earrings, no makeup, no anything. I praise God that I didn't wear makeup today because I would have left it right there on that crime. But she didn't wear makeup. She didn't wear anything. Um, let me tell you something. It's not what you have in the outside. Holiness is what you have in the inside. Religion was so bad that um, my, my grandmother didn't even watch TV. In her church, they used to do something where they go with TVs and hammers, and they break the TVs in front of the altar, and people were jumping and going crazy. Yes, yes, because the TV was the box of the devil. That's what they used to call them. Because Gigi Avila, which for Puerto Rico, Gigi Avila is the Benny Hinn of Puerto Rico, he said one time that the TV was the box of the devil. Now, knowing that today, he comes out in 44 channels, and he has his own TV station. <laughs> Hallelujah! Man! But my grandmother was following him. It was, it was so bad. It, it was so bad that uh, I remember I went, I went fishing, and I caught this big fish, and I brought it to my mama to cook it, and she was going to clean it. <laughs> 42 channels, that's a lot. And she was, she was going to clean it, and my, my, my grandmother's sister, she lived by herself with maybe 40 or 50 cats. And there was one of them that I knew very well because when you get close to him, he didn't act like a cat. He acted like a dog. He goes, and the hair stood up like this. And I used to leave this one alone. And when I go to the kitchen to see my fish that my mama was going to clean, because back home we don't have the doors closed or the windows. Everything is open so the air can come through. And the cat was pulling the fish backwards like that. And when I went, she, shoot, so he can leave the fish alone. He went, and the hair stood up. And if I offended someone by this, this was me, and I don't do this anymore, and I have repented from it. I went to the room, got a rifle, and shot the cat and killed him. And, and I want to tell you something. This was me. I was a kid, and so if I offended somebody, I, that's, that's, not my, that's not my intention. I already said I repented. But, but this, is, this is the key of the story. My grandmother went and told my mom not to ever let me watch TV because I learned that watching Tom and Jerry. <laughs> so now I could not watch cartoons anymore because the TV was the devil. So I want you, I want you to understand something, and I'm going to move on because there's a lot that I wanted to tell you today. It's important to know that the, the, being a Christian, being holy, that the power of God is not how long you pray. It's not how much you shake. It's not what you wear or you don't wear. If not, if you fall back, the, the, the kingdom of God is, is power. It's power of freedom, being free of sin, being, being free, being yourself in Christ. That's what the kingdom of God is. And I want to tell you more. The power of God, the kingdom of God is knowing that God has greater mercy toward everyone, starting with those with purple and orange hair, starting with those that are drunk because the church now is so holy that we don't want to sit next to someone that smells like alcohol, that doesn't, doesn't want to go and preach somewhere because, oh, no, those are drug addicts. The power of God is going to those places and ministering to those people that are in the same situation that you used to be because we were one of those then. If there's someone that knows what I'm talking about, that's what the power of God is. 
we need to understand that that old, that old generation was full of religion, but they have a little bit of God. They were preaching something. They were talking about something that they didn't even know about. The church is like a hospital. This church is hospital for people that are crazy, for people that are drug addicts, for people that are drunk. You know, we need to leave the doors open so they all can come in. And when we see them coming, we need to say, praise the Lord, because they're coming to the hospital to get healed, amen. to get well. That's what the church of Christ is. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. So now God said, now I'm raising up a generation that's going to finish this. And then Elijah takes Elisha by his hand. And they start, they start walking around. And the first place that they go, they go to Gilgal. And Gilgal, the meaning of Gilgal is circle or a wheel. Or a wheel. This is the meaning in the dictionary. But also, Gilgal was the place, was the door. When they went to the promised land, Gilgal was that door. And Jesus says, I am the door. So one of the meanings for Gilgal is this door. So the door, Jesus is the door, is salvation. And I want you to pay attention from now on because the first thing that we do is we go through the door and we receive Jesus Christ. And we think that we have salvation. I'm good to go. I'm, you know, I'm all there because I'm safe. And let me tell you something. God wants more than that. God wants a lot more than you. But in, in Gilgal also was the place that when they came out of Egypt, they went to get circumcised. And I'm telling you this because the meaning of that circumcision was to take the shame out of Egypt. And when you come to Christ, God also take the shame away from you. Amen. He already does. When you guys laugh when I say that I killed a cat, he didn't tickle me because I lost the shame a long time ago. Because when you come to salvation, God take the shame away. Let me tell you something. I know that most of you have secrets that you don't want anybody to know because you're ashamed of them. But let me tell you, Christ took the shame away. It's something that you need to deal with it because God already took it away a long time ago. Hallelujah. He took that shame away a long time ago. And then Elisha, Elisha is the prophets talked to him. They said, hey, they're going to take him away. He said, oh, just be quiet. I know what I'm doing. He said, do you, Elijah, say to Elisha, do you want to stay here? Do you want to stay in salvation? And he said, oh, no, I don't want to stay in salvation. I want to continue going with you. And the next place that they went, they went to, to Bethel. And Bethel, the meaning of Bethel is church. Because when you're safe, the next place you need to go is the church, the house of God. Bethel means house of God. And the thing is that a lot of people, once we come to the house of God, like most of us, we get too comfortable. We think we have it all. And I'm going to tell you even more. If somebody sits in my chair, we have a problem with Sunday. Because this is my church. So salvation is okay, and having a church is okay, but we need to go a little bit farther. And I'm going to tell you something, because I don't know in which situation you're standing today, but you will have to be one of these. And God is telling you today, encouraging you to move on to the next one. So I don't know if you just came to salvation. Maybe you don't even have a salvation. Pastor Mary Saul was praying for someone that either was backlit, was backlighting, or is about to. Because let me tell you, it's very normal that somebody in somebody's Christian's mind is willing to make that transition from here to there. And if it's in your mind, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because God has better plans for you. But the church is the one that has the five ministry. And many of us get stuck with those ministry. And we, they say things like, I remember one time that somebody told a friend of mine, if you stay here with your wife because they play instruments, 
We're going to give you so much, and you're going to be set to go. You don't have to do anything else. And let me tell you, church, sometimes those things that we want to stay right here in church, and we don't do, want to do anything else. But then the, 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 and I wanted to say something, because the one that was ministering to them was the, the Bible says that these, these people that were worshiping the, the Asera and Baal, that was the sons of prophets. There was a school of prophets. They, was, they were studying. They were not really prophets. And you know what we call them? Because they were listening to what the prophet was saying, and they were repeating it. And you know when you hear something and you repeat it, it's gossip. Because it's never the same. They always change the whole story. So they were gossipers, and they come out and said, hey, do you know that your Lord is going to leave you today? And he said, yes, I know. He goes, stay quiet. I don't even want to hear it. So when somebody comes and tells you bad news, you know what you need to tell them? Stay quiet. I don't even want to hear it. Because if you know that God has something for you, it doesn't matter what man says. What, the only thing that matters is what he says for you. Amen? So he said, okay, okay, so let's move on. Let's go to the next place. And the next place was Jericho. Jericho has uh, the meaning of Jericho. It was known by the, the city of palms because there was water, there was hotel, there was a lot of money. There was, was Sakeo, Sakeo, the short guy, the tax collector. He used to live there. So Jericho is prosperity. There was a lot of money there. How many of you wanted to live in Jericho? Am I the only one that was money here? <laughs> nobody, nobody would like to live in prosperity. I want to live in prosperity. And let me tell you something. I'm, not only did I want to live in prosperity, I am rich. The only thing I'm lacking is the money. I have everything else. Thank you, Jesus. Is God good to us or what? But Jericho represents prosperity. And a lot of us, when we come, we go to salvation, we go to the church, and we get a little bit of money, and we think that we have it, or we conquer the whole thing, and we don't want to go anywhere. But God wants you to go a little bit farther. And he wants you to go to the next place. The next place is Jordan. And this is really good because, because in Jordan is the place that when you go in, you need to leave something of the flesh. It's something that you go in to leave something that's going to die. The same thing as the altar. So when you go to the Jordan, Jordan represents salvation. You need to leave something from the flesh. When you go to the Jordan, something has to stay there. And I know that's difficult. But if you haven't been there yet, I'm encouraging you. You got to go by the Jordan. There was a man that his name was uh, Naaman. Naaman or Naaman. This man was a, something big in the army. And he has people working for him. And he was full of, he was a leprosy. And then he goes to the, he goes to the prophet and he said, oh, they told me that you're a prophet of God. I want to be clean. He said, you want to be clean? Go to the Jordan. Because the Jordan is a place of cleansing. If you need to clean something, if, if your fingers are too quick in the internet to see people without clothes, go through the Jordan. <laughs> Should I keep going or you want me to stop here? <laughs> Hallelujah. If you like to see or do things that you're not supposed to, go through the Jordan. It's a place that is going to clean you. you. It was the place that even Jesus went through it when he was baptized. And it was when the, the father said, this is my son in whom I am very well pleased. He went through the Jordan. People with le leprosy, they went there and they came out clean. It was a place of cleansing. And to this point, this is the generation that was from this side. That was the generation that was, that was full with only these things. But now, he, tell, he tells Elijah, tell, tells Elisha, you know what? This is it. Stay right here. 
And he said, no, 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 I'll go with you till the end. And I want to tell you something because this is important. We need to know that when God called you to do something with anointed men of God, and you, you're supposed to be with him, don't abandon him. He reminds me of Ruth. He said, Ruth said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And wherever you go, I will go. And that's what he told, that's what he told Elijah. He said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. And to this moment, and, and let me tell you something, because it was like the Holy Spirit. It was 3 in the morning, and it was like the Holy Spirit was stabbing me with a knife and, and turning it. Because one thing is to be stabbed, and one thing is to stab you and then turn the knife. That really hurts. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit was doing that to me. Because to this point, he told Elijah, he said, till here, from there, this is the easy part. This is the, the impo not impossible, but this is the supernatural part. Because from here, if you want to cross it, now they're in front of the river. He said, if you want to go with me to that side, we can go in horses. We can use a carriage. We can even walk. We're going to have to go in the supernatural. And you know what he said? He, the Bible said that he took his coat and hid the waters and the water departs and they walk in dry. And he said, and this is, this is the good part that, that God worked with my heart. He said, ask me for anything, and I will give it to you. But now, let me ask you. At 3 in the morning, if God asks you, ask me for anything, and I'm going to give it to you, what will you ask for? Salvation for your family? That's in deal God. What will you ask for? A ministry at church? You want to sing? You want to play? You want to do something? You want to be a teacher? That's in Bethel. What will you ask for? For money? That's in Jericho. What will you really ask for? You want holiness? That's in? Praise God, the two people are paying attention. That's in Jordan. So he says, ask me. He said, I would like a double portion of your spirit. And in the book of Deuteronomy, he says that the double portion was when a father has, let's say, two kids, the inheritance has to be cut in three. Because the firstborn get a double portion. Amen. And he's really smart. He said, I want my double portion. And let me tell you something. That double portion is only and very much only for the sons of the house. Amen. I'm not going to receive my double portion if, not, if I'm not a son of this man. Amen. I'm going to repeat it again. Because I'm being a son of this man is the only reason that I get my double portion. If there's somebody that's following me. We need to learn, we need to learn the principle of being sons of this house. Because the Bible talks about being disciples and having multitudes. The multitudes were coming and eating and living, but the disciple was serving the table. Amen. So which one are you? The one that come, want to come eat and live or the one that's going to serve the tables? Those are the sons of the house. I just hope and pray that God talks to one, at least one of you today. Because we need to learn, learn the principle of being a son of the house. Let me tell you something. I'm older than this man. I'm much older than him. I've been serving the Lord before him. But let me tell you, this is my, my spiritual father. And I won't permit anyone to say not even something negative about this man. I will protect him with my own life if I have to. Because I am a son of this house. But, amen. But because I'm a son of this house, I have my blessing already. That's the part that we, sometimes we don't understand. There's a blessing with it. There's a blessing. So now they go to this place, and he said, now let's go to this side, and a carriage comes full of fire and take this man away. And he stand there all by himself. 
And now Elisha is standing there, and the first thing he does, the Bible says he took the, what is it called, a coat or mantle? A mantle? He takes the mantle, and because he saw Elijah doing it, he wanted to do it too. And he went like that, and he said, he said the waters are there, he's like, boom, open waters. And when he hit the water, nothing happens. <laughs> and the first thing he said, he said, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Elijah? Like, it works for him, how come it's not going to work for me? But this is the key, because I'm going to talk, talk you a little bit about the firstborn. He hit it once, and it didn't happen. The Bible said, in the original, said that he continued to do the same thing. In other words, if it didn't happen the first time, it was going to happen the second time. If it didn't happen the second time, it's going to happen the third time. And the Bible said that he continued to hit the waters until the waters depart, and he started walking. Because the firstborn, they don't give up. If it doesn't happen the first time, they're going to continue doing it. And you might be trying something for, the, for a long time, and it didn't happen the first time. Don't give up. Continue doing so. You might be praying for your family, and you haven't seen any result, but you continue doing so. You might be losing your house, your car, or something, and you think that things are bad. Let me tell you something. God hasn't finished with you. If you are one of those first ones, you continue pushing forward. Oh, my God, I feel the presence of God because sometimes we think that because we're having problems, things are difficult. This is like a football game. You know when, you know when the problem is? Where the ball is. And you know what you have to do where the ball is there? You continue to push. You continue to push no matter what. You continue to push. And that's what God is telling you today. If you're going through any problem, continue pushing. Continue hitting the water because when you're less expecting it, the water is going to depart open. And your miracle is going to come through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he hits the water. He goes through the water. And now he's going back. He, instead of going from Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan, now he's coming back from Jordan all the way to Gilgal. And this is really important because in the first place that they went, I don't even know which part I'm going to. <laughs> but in, but in, the, in the first place, and I'm about to finish. I, I'm, I think I'll be done in the next five, ten minutes. But in the... When he's coming back, in the first place, when he was going uh, the, by the Jordan, the, the sons of the prophets, they were looking for the old prophet and from the old anointing. And let me tell you something, because there's always something to learn. When you came from New Jersey and you came to Faith Among Fellowship, you can't be looking for your old pastor or for the anointing of your old pastor. You're not in New Jersey. <laughs> and this is not your old church. Can I just say this again? Because sometimes we, everything is, well, in my old church, we used to do like that. You're not in your old church. This is the church that God has for you. It's something new. It's something to take you to another level. Can somebody say amen and doesn't get offended? That's what I you in New Jersey, and I hope that nobody came from New Jersey. <laughs> Hallelujah! There was a couple of, there was a couple of Thursdays. I was, we were practicing music, and I was telling Bishop, there was such a beautiful anointing upon his life. And I told Bishop, Bishop, I'm falling in love with your anointing. I want some of that. And instead of being jealous and, and thinking that he's better than me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to push forward until I receive the same thing that's getting. Because the God that I serve gives everybody the same. Hallelujah! <laughs> woo Then he goes from Jericho. He goes from, from Jordan. He goes to Jericho. And in Jericho, the waters were sick. And all the people were sick. And he goes out there because I want you to understand what, a, what this special anointing, double portion of God is. He goes out there 
and Elijah is going to heal the waters and the people, and he asks for a new bowl and a little bit of salt. And all people that study the Bible, when they read this portion of the Bible, when they, he said, get me a new bowl, how many of you think that they want to prepare a new bowl for him? They all believe that it was in a bowl that hasn't been used for a long time, and they brought it to him. And many of us have something that we haven't used for a long time. Bishop, for a long time ago, maybe three, four weeks ago, had a beautiful gray or blue suit on. I said, my brother, some 3D junk. He said, he said, it's, oh, I had it for four years. It's just that I'm losing weight now, and I was able to wear it. And this is the key. To me, it was a new suit. He was the only one that knew that it was old. But there's something old in you that hasn't been used for a long time. And God is telling you, get it out of the closet. Get it out of the closet. I want to use it. Hallelujah! I want to use it. Get it out of the closet. Then he goes to Bethel and found a... The, I will say critics, they were saying to him, I'm going to try to see how it goes in English. They were saying to, to him, go on, bullheaded. Go on, because he didn't have any hair. Go on, come on, come on, you bullheaded dude. Come on. Because, because let me tell you something. Once you start doing things right, the critics, the crit critics all they want to do is to bring you down like they are. Sometimes our own family, because they mess up and they see you doing right, they want you to mess up. Because when you mess messing up, they say, we're equal now. See, he's not better than me. We're equal. But let me tell you, when he went, when he went to this, to this Alberto, um, uh, all he has to do, the Bible said, all he has to do was pray. And two huge bears show up. And kill the 42 men that were making fun of him. The bullheaded. He killed, he killed the 42 that were saying, bullheaded, bullheaded. He killed all 42 of them. So if there's someone making fun of you because you just came to the Lord, because you're taking your Bible to work, it doesn't matter. Tell them, be careful. Don't make me pray for two bears because they're going to mess you up. Don't make me pray for two bears. Then he makes, he makes it all the way to Gilgal. And a lot of things happens in Gilgal. A lot of things happen. He prophesied victory against Moab. He's going, um, he's going to provide water. There's no water there in this place, and there's no water. And he said, you're not even going to see a cloud. You're not even going to see rain. But God is going to provide the water for you and for your animals. Look what an anointed man of God. And everything he said, it happened. It went through. The widow's oil. She, he said, she said, I have nothing. All I have a little bit of oil. And he said, well, go get, ask the neighbors for pots. Tell all your neighbors to give you pots and start pouring oil in the pots. The Bible said that it was so much that she, she didn't have any more pots and all the, the oil was full. And he said, now, go sell it and pay your debt. This is the, the, the mighty things that God will do. All, all you have to do is say, Lord, I want to live in the supernatural. There was a, a Sunamite son. This woman cannot have kids. And he said, woman, God's telling you that you are going to have a kid. And if there's someone here that doesn't have a kid and want a kid, I'm telling you, God says he's going to give you that kid. Receive it. 
Receive it. It's coming. Your blessing is coming. And I don't know what your kid needs, but it's in his way. God is going to give you, God's going to impregnate you with something. And whatever it is, it's good because it's from him. So he told this woman, you are going to have a baby. And then she said, don't tell me that because I'm old and I don't want to be the shame of the town. He said, oh, no, you are going to have a kid. And God, he said, at this same time, next year, you're going to have your baby. And she had the baby. And then he started growing up. He was working with the father. The kid had a headache. And he sent them with mama. And the baby died. The kid died. And he went, he said, look for that prophet of God. He said, I told you not to make me shame of my town. He said, don't worry about it. The Bible said that he put hands in hands, face on face. And he breathed on him a couple of times and he came back to life. Not only that gave him the son, but brought him back to life. This is the God that we serve. Hallelujah. God is so in charge of even the small thing that somebody's working and he borrowed an axe. And when he was going to cut, went to the waters. And all he has to do is say, spray. And the axe started floating with the iron sticking up. Because it's really easy if the piece of wood floats and you pick it up, you can say, that's normal. That's the natural. It was working in the supernatural. And God wants you to make a decision today. Do you want to be in the natural or do you want to be in the supernatural? But to me, the most important thing that he did in Gilgal was that God sends Elijah so he can go and to anoint Jehu or Hehu as the king of Israel, and he was from the nation next door. He said, Elijah, I want you to go and anoint him as the king. Do it and run out of the house. And being obedient, how many, how many know that God wants people that are obedient? Amen. So let me ask you, how many obedience do we have in the house? Amen. Three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he goes out there, and he goes, he takes the jar of oil, and he said, Pour the oil on his head. He poured the oil. He said, God is telling you that you're going to be the king. And, psh, and left and disappeared. And God sent him the prophet. And he said, I want you to go to this place, to Jezebel. And Jezebel used to live in this place. And when, and when Jezebel find out that the new king was coming, the Bible said that she went on a play, Mary Kay makeup. <laughs> I just have to say that. She went and put makeup, the Bible said. <laughs> the Bible said that she put makeup on, and she got a lot of nice dress, and she went to impress the king. Not knowing that when he went there, the king went there, she was in a big tower in the palace. And there was two eunuchos, eunuchs, eunuchs. There was two or three, the Bible said two or three of them, and they were right next to her. And she came out all pretty and dandy to see the king. And when she looked through the window, the new king said, throw her down. Throw her down. And then went, psh, they went, psh. That was a, a pro, uh, the prophet Elijah. He prophesied that the dogs were going to eat her blood, her blood and her body in the same place that she called this man. That was a man that had a piece of land. And I'm going to finish with this. He had a piece of land, and her husband, Acab, wanted it. And he wasn't eating. He was disturbed because he said, I want a piece of property to plant vegetables. He said, Lord, how can I give you this? It was my inheritance. My, my parents gave me this. And I wanted to tell you because the enemy 
wants your inheritance. Don't let it take it. If you are losing your house and the enemy wants it, do whatever you can do in your power to keep what God has given you. That inheritance was from your fathers to you so you can give to your kids. Don't let the enemy take it away. But he said, I want it, I want it, I want it like a kid. I want it now. And he goes and talks to his wife, Jezebel. Jezebel, baby, don't worry about it. I'll get you the piece of land. And she said, let's make a, a, a plot, let's make a plan. And we're going to say that this guy, he cursed God and he cursed you, the king. Let's find two men that will say this. And they went over there and said, yes, in front of the whole town. He cursed God and he cursed you. They took him out of the city and stoned him to death and stole his property. And the prophets went and said, in the same place that you killed this man, the dogs are going to eat your body. And when she fell from that tower, her body exploded. The Bible said that the blood splashed on the walls in the carriage that the king was, and he went to a place to eat. He went to eat and to drink, and he ate and has his Gatorade. When he came back, he said, hey, she was still the daughter of a king. Let me go check on her. And the Bible said that the only thing that was left was the skeleton, her feet, and the palms of her hands. Because she was a, what is it called? She was a, what? She was a manipulator. Manipulator. Because she learned how to manipulate everything. The only thing that was left was the palm of her hands. And I wanted to invite you today to go a little bit farther to what the people were used to, to the natural. God is looking for the church. God is looking for people that are willing to go to the supernatural. And if this is you, I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. Because still today, I can't even feel in my own spirit that many of you, including myself, are tired of the same thing. We are tired of the same routine. We are tired of the same service. We are tired of everything, but we're not doing anything about it. And you know, if you want to do something different, if you want to do changes, you know how we start? It's by you doing something different. Today, God is doing, God is opening this altar for you to come up and make a difference. And let me tell you something. This is not to please me. This is not to please anybody. This is something between you and God. If there's someone here that's willing to say, God, I'm tired of the same thing. I'm tired of living on the natural. I want the supernatural. I want to be part of your body like I'm supposed to. I want to be able to finish what you started with me. Because God, till today, this is not enough. Oh, I know that there's someone here that is willing to make a decision important in his or her life. And I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus Christ, you make sure that you're doing God's will, but not yours. Because if you're doing only your will, it's going to take you as far as you want to go. But if you're doing God's will, He's going to take you as far as God wanted to take you. Hallelujah! If there's someone here today, and I'm going to do an altar call for two reasons. Number one, because Pastor Matty prophesied this earlier in the morning. And number two, because I think that we need to bring something to the altar so he can die. And I'm going to tell you something. I am the first one that's raising my hand for this call. 
because I'm the first one that wanted to leave something here tonight. I'm tired. I'm tired of the same thing. I'm tired of, of saying that I'm going to do certain things but not doing anything. Sometimes I get home and I get too comfortable. It's too hot outside. I don't even have a chance sometimes to go to the men's ministry into last Friday. God wants more of you. And he starts with a decision. If there's anyone that's willing to come, I'm going to pray for you. Bishop is going to help pray for you. The pastors that are here is going to help pray for you. Come, but come with a heart of leaving something in this altar. Lord, I want the supernatural. I'm tired of being the same. My marriage is not going anywhere. My family seems like not going anywhere. My kids seems like they're not going anywhere. Let me start with myself. Let me start doing something different. I want changes. I want changes in my life. I want changes in my family. I want changes for all those that are next to me. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we praise you, Lord. We praise you. We want changes. We want to see your glory. Oh, Lord, we want to worship you. We want to praise you because you are great. Like David said, because you didn't make, because you made me and I didn't make myself. Oh, because you are good. Because, Lord, when you are angry, it's only for a few, but your mercy is forever. Your mercy lasts forever. And this is what God is offering you today. His love, His mercy, His joy, His peace, His kindness. It's time for changes. Hallelujah! Oh, mi alma te alaba, Señor. Oh, Padre, tú no has terminado. You haven't finished with this life. Lord, I present myself as a living sacrifice, something that is honored to your glory. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Pastor, I'm going to help you to please start praying for someone that's next to you. Let me pray for them. But while we're praying for you, I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for your spouse. I want you to declare blessings on, on your marriage. I want you to declare blessings upon your kids. Even if you don't see it, even if you don't see it happening, you declare, declare with your mouth, Lord, thank you for my kids because your hand is upon your hand is upon them. Hallelujah. Oh, mi alma te alaba, Señor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To that is a new day. To that is a new day. God is telling you today that at night is the crying. At night is the pain. But in the morning, the joy is going to show up. And God is telling you that till today, you're looking around you. And it looks dark. It looks like it's night. But God is telling you, your morning is here. Your morning is here. Maybe it's 2 in the morning. Maybe it's 3 in the morning. And it still looks dark to you. But it is morning. Joy is here for you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, Rebele Kiva Satakanda! Oh, Robocoso Satarabakia! Oh, Señor, gracias! Tú vas a hacer cambios en esta vida! 
church. Church. God is inviting you to a new beginning. And he's telling you today the same way that Paul told the Philippians. Paul told the Philippians, I haven't pretended. I'm not pretending to be there yet. But I'm, one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to forget what's behind and I'm going to continue moving forward. He presented it as a race. A race that it's not important how you start to run. What's important is that you continue to run until you reach your goal, which is Jesus Christ. For most of us, for many of us, the Bible said that at night is where the cry comes. It's the suffering. But in the morning, the joy will come. And I have good news for you in this, this morning, this afternoon. And it's that just because it looks dark in your surrounding doesn't mean that it's night. It can be 2 in the morning and it's still dark. God is telling you, your morning is here. Are you listening to what God is telling you? Your morning is here. It may look dark in your surrounding, but it's time of joy. It's time of blessing. It's time of changing. It's time to continue to run. And it doesn't matter who take up first. What matters is that we all make it to the end. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! One of the most important things that happened to the people of Israel is that God took the shame away. And I wanted to tell you, especially you that are standing right here, do not permit, don't let the shame stop what God has for you. Because let me tell you, I'm not the best speaker, especially with my accent. I was concerned if you were going to understand or not. But because I know that the one that's in me is greater, I have no shame. I have no shame. Hallelujah. Because God is going to finish what he started with me. And I'm not going to let a language stop my blessing. But what are you stopping in your life? What are you stopping? Because you can't talk right. Moses was, was a starter. And he was an anointed man of God that accomplished a lot in the Old Testament. He was so good that they don't even know where his body is right now. Hallelujah. I want to be like Moses. But also, I want to be someone that when I leave this earth, even if it's right now, that I will leave a legacy with my people, starting with my family. And I encourage you to start ministering to yours at home. And then... Your ministry, your ministry is going to expand. I was talking to Brother Jamaica. I said, Brother Jamaica, I didn't see you at the men's on Friday. He said, my daughter was doing something and they needed to be there for her. And I say, praise God, because you are depositing something in your ministry. That's your first ministry. My first one is at home. That's what last night, instead of preparing my sermon, I was swimming with my grandson that was looking at me like this. Because I need to deposit into mine first. So listen to this. Today is a day, a day of changes, but it's also a day of opportunities. God is a gentleman. He will not give you anything more. He's not going to push you to do anything that you don't want to do. The Bible says that he wants to take you by, his, by your right hand. That's his, his diestra. David used to say, his right hand is the one that kept me. Because many times, today you feel the presence of God here. Because the Bible says that when two or more are together, he is here. And that's what's happening. But let me tell you, when you go back home today and you're by yourself, don't doubt this. Don't doubt this. Because he's still here with you. He's here with you. He's here at church. 
He's here at work. He's here when you're driving your car. And whatever God started in you today, He's going to finish it. But I want to tell you that there's good men and women of God right here next to you. That if by any reason you need help, you can count on us. Starting from Bishop to one of us that was the last one that came to the doors of the church. Church, I'm telling you, you can count on us. You're not by yourself. First, you have God. And second, you have us. Give God a, a hand of clap. We're going to pray. So because there's a lot of us, I'm going to pray corporal. I'm going to pray for all of us. So don't go anywhere. Just hold hands wherever is next to you. Father, I thank you. I thank you because not only you have power, you are power. You are that dunamis, Lord. And one more time, you have revealed to me that whatever you studied in my life, you're going to finish it. But the same way today, I'll make a commitment, a personal commitment, not only to get more involved in the ministry, not only to seek you more, not only to love you more, but to be able, Lord, to, to be, a, to be a, an image, to be an image of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm going to do my very best, not only to do what you call me to do, but to represent you wherever I'm at. Even if it's at the 7-Eleven, even if it's at the store, even if it's at the mall. But Lord, I want to be a vessel of your glory. And everyone, every brother or sister of mine that are here today, they want to be a vessel of your glory. Like that vessel, that vessel that was put in the closet for a long time. And Elijah said, bring me a vessel, bring me a jar, because with this jar, we're going to do a miracle. God, I thank you because this altar is full of joy. It's, it's full of vessels that hasn't been used for a long time. I ask you that you use them. But I ask you that you bless them. That you let them know that they're not alone. That you are with them, Lord. And if you are with us, who will be against us? Lord, thank you because today you have taught to our hearts. Today we made a decision of not being the same. Of looking for changes in our life. Because if we start doing different things, we're going to start seeing different results. Oh, Lord. And you are in the midst of our decisions. You are in the midst of our changes today. I pray, Heavenly Father, that whatever it was that each one of my brothers and sisters left here in this altar is going to die. It's going to rot. It's going to dry up. And we will never going to pick it up. We're going to continue going forward. Like Lot's wife, we don't want to look back and turn into a statue of salt. We want to continue running forward to you, Jesus Christ, until we reach our goal, which is you. Bless them. Give them the strength, Lord. And whenever they are, they are doubting, whenever they feel themselves crying, being by themselves, not understanding, that they will understand one thing, that you will be holding the right hand. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And the church says, God bless you, church.